Welcome to Bamsey's Humanity First Podcast. I am Chris Ryan along with uh, Peter Evers. An important topic today on the podcast as we look at nurses in the on the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic and inside our organization. Also talk a little bit about the vaccine as well as uh, it gets closer to the time period in which uh, Bamsey workers will be able to receive that vaccination. There's a listening session coming up this week on that. And welcome Peter into the show. How are you? Good, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? Good. Appreciate joining us for the show. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but the essential workers of the pandemic deserve so much credit. They deserve more than credit, um, to be quite honest. And it was unfortunate to see Heroes Pay was not included as a part of the most recent uh, relief package that passed uh, Congress and was signed into law. But um, the best that we can do at this point in time is to to pay homage to these individuals and to say that they are not forgotten and that their work is important. And again, I put the essential workers and the frontline workers of this pandemic alongside those who have served in wars in the past. You know, these individuals have put themselves um, in harm's way and their families in some circumstances on a day-in, day-out basis in order to try to serve the betterment of society, to serve a cause greater than their own self-interest. And that is the best of America right there. When we are willing to put our self-interest aside in, aside in order to help others and now, we have so many workers across the organization that do that every day regardless. But uh, in a pandemic, the trials and tribulations are even greater. Yeah, I mean, well said. <clears throat> we do. We owe an enormous debt to uh, to our staff, uh, to those folks who did say, you know, there's an easier path that I could take. But, you know, I, I owe it to the people that I serve and to the organization to to hang in there and put yourself at risk. And, you know, Chris, people are still doing that. There, mm-hmm. there is great risk out there. Um, and we um, need to be able to continue to provide the uh, protection, the personal protection for people to do this work. Uh, and we need to keep our eye on the prize. And I think one of the things that is uh, really difficult um, emotionally for us is that we've been through nine months of this, you know, difficulty. There is the idea of a vaccine but, the, but between the vaccine's um, efficacy um, and um, as, uh, getting through this is another wave that we're facing. And this, week, this last week has been very difficult. We've had very, very high numbers of people testing. Of course, we're testing uh, everybody uh, twice a week, uh, sorry, twice a month um, who are working uh, in the front lines. Uh, and so as a result, we are getting a lot more positives. Um, and we're also, you know, um, having the re- results of people returning from travel, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a very, very difficult time for us. Um, but at the same time, we can see into the future that we have a vaccine that is 95% effective if you take both of the doses uh, 21 days apart. So, you know, mixed emotions, I would say, today. Yeah, it's a, certainly a very challenging time period as we see, you know, the number of cases rising, the number of deaths uh, tragically rising as well but we do have some hope in the fact that this vaccine will um will start to dissipate the amount of individuals that are passing as those high-risk individuals receive the vaccine and i'm going to turn things over now to peter he's going to introduce our guest who is an individual who has uh, received the vaccine and uh, is doing pretty well after that and hello everybody and welcome to the podcast and today um, we have a very distinguished guest from Bamsey. We have uh, Christiana Odunzi, who is our 
Director of Nursing for Residential Services. And Christiana, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to come on the, co- the podcast and talk about the state of uh, BAMSI at the moment with relate, in relation to all things health. Uh, and of course, there are a few pressing uh, issues that, uh, that people are wanting to talk about at the moment. I thought we could talk a little bit um, about how uh, nursing has managed this pandemic, because I would say that um, our nurses have been the unsung heroes in how we have been able to manage to get through this. And of course, the getting through this isn't over. We are right in the middle of it. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. absolutely true that our result, that the numbers that we were getting over the last week are as bad as in terms of uh, emergency operating procedures and quarantine for for houses as they were, uh, let's go back to April um, and May. Um, and so we're still in the middle of it. And, you know, I'm, I think everybody's going to be really interested to hear uh, some of your words of wisdoms and, and, and also a reflection um, on how these past eight months have been, because um, you know, it's funny, I, we were talking um, about where we were last year and what we were doing and all of the things that we were looking forward to doing and hoping that we'd get done in 2020. And uh, wow, sometimes you, it, it's glad that you don't have that foresight to know what's in front of you because we have had the most um, difficult year, uh, not only with the pandemic, of course, but all of the unrest that has happened uh, over the last year as well. Uh, so welcome uh, to the to the podcast and um, how how are you let's start off with this Christiana how are you doing are you, how are you managing because I know this has been a remarkable strain for for you guys thank you Peter for inviting me um, it's an honor to be here to talk about nursing um, I'm doing okay I I actually have um, great team behind the whole thing the nursing at Benzi I it's a, a, a force to reckon with. Um, they did such a wonderful job beyond my expectation at first, just like everyone else. You know, we've been doing this for, I've been with Benzie for 10 years. It's been, you know, I, what I, the word I use for the team is innovative. We've been doing this, having all this, um, you know, evidence-based practices that we know. Um, Barbara's leadership, it's always something new, very innovative. We want to take it to the next level, you know, with um, adults with developmental disability being in the community, instead of being stuck in the long-term care facilities. So we've been bringing them, and so we wanted to make a difference. What's the difference between a group home and being stuck in the long-term care facility? We wanted to make sure that that difference was there while making sure they're safe and healthy and doing the things that they would ordinarily not be able to do in the long-term care facility. So, and we've been doing that. I've been very proud of what we've done so far. And um, last year, like you said, was quite challenging, brought it to a different level for us. So very grateful and um, for where we are today and all we learned from the pandemic and still learning from it. So it's not over yet, um, but there is um, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it's been a stressful year, but um, so many good things came out of it. Um, so many really good things came out of it, just walking the whole of Brockton, getting to know different people. I have to tell you, um, the hospital, Brockton Hospital, the case managers there, um, being able to work with them the way we've worked with them has changed everything. I'm sure things would never go back to what it was before because they, they too said, you know, looked at Benz and said, you guys, um, they, 
at the peak of the pandemic when we opened up our recovery houses and said we need to open up this um thankfully um dds was able to support us to do that that was really good um we opened up we had our individuals who were sick everyone was afraid where they're going to go back to the group home um so we made the choice to have into one of our um, group homes and call it a recovery house for our, our individuals so it was helpful i can tell you that kind of helped with um managing during the pandemic and um i was very happy that i was a part of that and that we had the support we got from both you the agency to be able to do that but most importantly i think um every credit goes to our staff and the nurses that work out in the field i have to say at first i'm like who's going to want to do this with me the number of volunteers we got who really wanted to help and make sure our individuals were safe was overwhelming and um, I have to tell you, I'm really very proud of what we did and who I work with, my team, the nursing team was really great. The direct care staff was exceptional. And we were able to, we're still going through it, but it's getting better every day. We're getting more comfortable with um, what we know, but there's still much to do. Christiana, what would you say is the the attitude collectively of your staff at BAMSI in meeting this challenge? Because you know, most challenges in our lives, we're able to get through kind of on, you know, momentum and mm -hmm. kind of adrenaline. And mm -hmm. you can't do that with COVID. It's there. It's there every day. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to have a strategy to address it from a pragmatic perspective. But there's still that that bravery and that um, discipline that's involved in trying to overcome this. So how would you assess the, the mindset of your staff and what you've been most proud of and how they have been able to, to meet this challenge, which... You know, we've been at this now for nearly a year, uh, mm -hmm. which is sometimes, in some ways hard to believe, in some ways very believable. Well, I, I have to say, I have to be honest and say at this point, I think people are a little tired. Um, I'm going to be honest and tell you that. But at the beginning, I was scared. For me, I was scared because I wasn't sure how the staff was going to react. I'm a nurse. Um, I know we read about you get trained for a pandemic, but when it comes, you don't know what to expect. But for the staff, I think... They rose up to it. They needed the information. They wanted to know what to expect, which we really didn't have. It was every day was different, but they went with it. They trusted the team that we were doing the best we can. And that's what really helped because they had the trust. They know, you know, the nurses, Abenzi, Barbara was out there. Everyone was out there trying to figure this out together. And they were hopeful that we, you know, we, we were going to do what's best for everyone, including the staff and the individuals. But our focus was making sure everyone was safe, the whole community in general. Because Benzi, for me, is a community. It's all about Broughton and all the surrounding towns that we work with. And our staff, they live in these communities. They wanted to take care of their people. They wanted to make sure our individuals were safe. And so they wanted the information. And because the information was coming and coming every day was different, it was a little challenging. But they went with it. They were very open to what is new. What are we doing differently today? How are we going to do this together? And who's going to tell us what is CDC saying? Someone needed to check in with CDC and Barbara was constantly working with CDC, bringing back the information and stuff. They were very open to it. I mean, people were scared, but once they had the right information, they went with the floor, they went with whatever we said, they were trained and every day was a new training. So I think they were hopeful, but scared. Yeah, people were scared, but they were really open to doing what's best for our individuals who, we, you know, they were our priority. They needed us to advocate for them, to care for them, and the staff really stepped up to that. The Nazis did a good job. They worked well together. 
um, everyone was looking for the information and Barbara did a good job, you know, getting out that information out there. And that was very helpful. Yeah, she really did. And, you know, I just, it, it's funny because I, my experience of it was that I started one week and then we went into lockdown mm-hmm. the next week. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and I, all I could do was sort of sit and watch in, watch. in wonder about how, how people had sort of come together and, and built these things. And I remember the first um, home that went into, um, into live-in for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember calling the staff on the Sunday and sort of speaking to them about it. And I was just so moved by the, they were so single-minded that, that all they wanted to do was to make sure that their uh, person served did not mm-hmm. get infected. And they were willing to, you know, stay and live in for a couple of weeks. And I did hear one story about one uh, uh, member of staff who, did the living for two weeks and then was so worried about her own family that she stayed in a hotel for a week to mm-hmm. make sure that she was quarantined before she could go back to the yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to her family and that is just so above and beyond the expectations that we have and that you know if that that's a little cameo for me of how people decided that they were going to buckle down and do their best for the people that the, that, that they work with and you know it was just it was really awe-inspiring for me um, but at the same time I realized what uh, a toll it's taken uh, especially on on the nurses and and especially on the the frontline staff and I mean just to transition for a, for a second Christiana we we're at this really strange point in the pandemic now aren't we we you know i have to say if there's one thing that's that's come out well over the last year with the government it's the it's the um it's the vaccine um you know they the government um paid all of the um pharmaceutical companies uh, regardless of whether they had a successful vaccine that was a stroke of genius in a way because it really meant that everybody would put their shoulder to the wheel to to find a vaccine so they did well with that but now you know we've got some issues with distribution and everything but we've got this vaccine within a year we beat the record i think by three years i think four years Mm -hmm. is the longest take to get a vaccine and yet we're in the middle of phase. I've lost count of the yeah. phases. So maybe, maybe two, maybe three. Um, and and so so there's the optimism of a vaccine, and then there's the eye on the prize of keeping you know safe, wearing PPE, um, and and sort of uh, riding through this next version of of what the pandemic is. Um, Talk a little bit, if you can, about the vaccine and, and your opinion about it, because I know, I mean, you know, we've got to have a conversation about this. We can't just say, oh, you've got to take it. We'll, uh-huh. we, we would never do that. But what we can do is talk to people about the benefits of that and, that, and what role they play in creating a, uh, a community and a country um, that is able to deal with the next, uh, the next pandemic that comes along. So, so what do you think? I, I, I heard a rumor that you had had uh, your vaccine? I did. Right? <laughs> I did. I had to. You know, when I started, I was telling you about, you know, the collaboration between the different, um, whether it's the hospitals, the VNAs, and the clinics in, in, in the community, Broughton in particular. Um, one of the things that happened was the Broughton Neighborhood Health Center, which we work with too, they got the vaccine. This is how much people want to work together and how, and they had to use the VNA because the VNA, they work with them. And I work for them too. I've been working there even before I started for Benzie. I never left. So I'm part of their team. And so when they, the Broughton neighborhood tried to get their vaccine, they reach out to the Broughton VNA and say, your nurses need to be vaccinated because they work together. 
And when they called me to say, you know, I, you know, we have the vaccine, are you getting it from Benzi or do you want, I said, which I was like, we, when is it ready for us from the VNA? Fortunately, they, theirs was ready. So I said, oh, I'll come and get my vaccine. So I did get my vaccine. I emailed Barbara about it. Um, and I do understand why people are hesitant about it. Yes, it's quick. It was done so quickly. But um, science have changed so much that I have faith in that this is what we need. Um, we, we need to be ready as a nurse. I want to be out there. I don't want to be, you know, um, encouraging people to get this vaccine because that's the only way we can beat this pandemic. Um, do I understand why people are worried, especially people of color? Yes, I do understand that. I cannot tell you. When I got my vaccine, this is how scary it is. I, I put it on Facebook and I got calls from people from Nigeria calling me to say, oh my goodness, did you just get the vaccine? What do you think? The next day they called me again. How are you feeling? And I said, I'm fine. I have the soreness that you get like when you get a vaccine. And I did not think I would get such reaction from people. Um, I mean, I'm talking about like my text messages was coming in and out. Did you really get it? Did you, are you just playing? So um, it's real that people are worried about it. Um, we still have to use, just because we don't have the herd immunity, we still have to wear the mask. We still have to take those precautions that we need to take. Um, but I will encourage everyone to go get your vaccine. That's the only way you can, we can get the herd immunity and get to a point where we don't have to wear the mask. I was just, um, I, I know I'll be out there. I know I'm out there. I'm going in and I wanted to make sure people are safe around me and I needed to do that. And I also wanted to model that so people can just get your vaccine. There's so much misinformation out there. Um, but we know vaccines, we know what they do. Um, coming from a third world country, Nigeria, we, we every day we beg for vaccines. And I'm glad that we're able to get here. Recently, I mean, up until last year, we still had measles in Nigeria. So, and we're still encouraging people to get the vaccines just so we can eliminate that. So for the COVID, yes, it was quick. Um, but um, the, the science is it's great. That's, I'm a nurse. I don't know how else to explain it to people that there are the misinformation. You have to go look and look at the information, ask questions. I'm glad Ben's is doing the listening session coming up this sometime this week so people can ask questions. Um, and I encourage people to just call any of the nurses that work for BEMS if you have questions, if you're not comfortable getting the vaccine. If we cannot find the answers, we, if we don't have the answers, we'll find the answers for you. Um, it's really, really necessary that we be a part of this if we have to beat this, without everyone come together. The hospitals are doing it. Brockton Hospital started giving their vaccines with good sense, and we're all working together to make sure particularly a community like Brockton, that people understand why we have to do this. Christiana, you mentioned that individual... Oh, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. Christiana, you mentioned that um, individuals of color are hesitant to get the vaccine, and that's something that the data has, has shown um, consistently. Why, in your view, is that, and why is that the, uh, the mindset of, of individuals? First of all, it's just the lack of information or what, you know, misinformation about that and who's telling them what. I have to say that, you know, when you look back at history with history, there has been some um, problems with um, black and brown people being used for as guinea pigs and all that. But, and, and so it's, it's a genuine concern and it, it's continued to linger. We talk about health disparities, it's there, you know, but, um, the good news is that things are changing. 
you know, and we need to go out there and give the right information, model the right thing. Um, we have black people, we have black and brown people. Like for me, I, I, when I first put it on Facebook, I didn't think I would get that many calls. People are genuinely looking for the information that they need um, to be able to get the right information for, from trusted people. So not just the information, it's who are you getting it from? You want to make sure you trust the person you're getting it from. And so, you know, using people, like even our churches talking about the vaccine has been helpful. And um, you'll be really surprised that people bring up all these issues they've had in the past. And, you know, I tell them, yes, you're right, it's the past, but we're moving forward and somehow, um, the reality is that the COVID did affect people of color more too just because of the health disparities and socioeconomic problems that we have. And so we have to focus on making sure we put the right information out there and talk to people, meet people one-on-one, -on -one, talk to them over, you know, like I said, use our churches, whatever resources we have to make sure they have the right information. Yeah, one of the things that was discussed a lot was, well, why is, you know, the vaccine not being pushed more quickly to um, areas where there's individuals that are, you know, black and brown or impoverished? And I think you make a really good point in that they also didn't want to make it seem like what the past was repeating itself, that we're sending the vaccine just here to this to this spot, because there may have been more, um, you know, questions and concerns if that had taken place. Instead, it's obviously really important for individuals like yourself to tell those stories about what has uh, taken place and how you have gotten the vaccine and what the, um, you know, what vaccines have meant in your country and in ours, you know, whether it's with polio, smallpox, um, all of these horrific uh, diseases that are no longer a part of vernacular as a result of vaccines. So in your thought, what are your thoughts about the, the strategy and process for, for the vaccine? Does it make sense the way they've, rolled it out in order to try to um, you know, build confidence within not just your community, but all communities about its uh, safety and effectiveness? I do think they're doing the best they can. I, I think um, because um, the vaccine was, I wouldn't say came out very quickly because I know why it had to be done. You know, sharing that it's safe, showing people that it's safe is really critical. Um, and I actually had someone say to me, I had people had um, some allergies to it. I said, you know, 25 out of after 17 million vaccines is not bad for allergies. We have still have allergies for the flu. Um, people will have allergic reactions to anything. And this is the first time, first time this has been done. I think getting the right information out there you know, like what Benzie is doing, the listening session, giving people a chance to ask those questions, whether it's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I had the opportunity of working at, at one of our group homes on a weekend um, because I didn't have enough, so I had to go in to work. And it was really, you know, those opportunities come and, you know, sometimes you don't even know why they happen. And so when I walked in there, um, eventually the staff was able to talk. It was a very good opportunity for me to talk to them about the vaccine. And because they brought it up and then started telling me what their mother said or what the, I think she said uncle said or neighbor said. And by the time we finished the conversation, she was very happy. She's like, oh, you know. So I mean, those one-on-one -on -one conversations, whether it's someone sending you something. And I've received things that people send me about the vaccine. I have to call people and say, you know, you can't share this. This is your role. This is what's happening. Don't stop. I'm glad you brought this to me, but look at the facts here. 
you have to have the facts and talk about what's really happening. It doesn't matter whether it's black, brown, white, whatever community you find yourself, you know, taking on that role and making sure people have the right information. I think right now we are still in phase one. Healthcare workers are still getting it. Um, but eventually, I think um, I like the idea that people, you know, going to the long-term care facilities, they're getting it too, but people out in the community are looking to get it. I know people who want to get it, but they can't right now. Um, so eventually, I, I, you know, making sure we have enough to, enough vaccines to go around too will be, I think they're being careful so we don't have people get the first one and not be able to get the second one because you have to get the second one for it to be complete. So they're working on that. I think they're doing a good job. I don't know what else they can do differently. But um, in the meantime, just being safe and wearing your mask, washing your hands, we'll still continue doing that until we can, it can get to everyone. Do you, um, um, do you, do, Christiana, do you think, um, I agree with you. I think it, they've done it really well. I think the other thing about people of color is that they were well represented in the trials <laughs> as well, yes. which is something I think that in the past hasn't been the case. That, yes. you know, we've really concentrated on making sure that this was that there was an equity in terms of who was in the trial, so that's good too. But you know, just thinking about the future, um, and, and and there's one question I want to ask you, and you, you did say it, but I, but you sort of quickly raced over it. But just in terms of side effects for you, um, no particular side effects, uh, just soreness around the area of the of where you had the um, the injection. So I had, um, which I. You know, with flu, I have that. The the, first, the second day, I woke up with a little, you know, heaviness and ache on the um, on the side from the side, and um, that was it. That it was just twenty four hours; it was gone. Um, so um, I have not had any other side effects from it, which is great. Um, I wasn't expecting to have any. I mean, I get the flu shot every year, so I know it was going to be the same. Um, that having said that, it doesn't mean you know. I'm not sure what the second dose will look like, which is coming up. I will get the second dose in February, but the first one was great. Uh, I mean, it's just like any other vaccine that we get. I didn't experience anything. That's good. And of course, it's not a live virus either, as, as mm -mm. you know. Um, so there's a lot of uh, ground that we'll be covering in the listening sessions coming up, and we'll be recording that and making that available to folks. So, you know, again, it is about putting out the information so people can make good informed decisions. and. You know, it is sad. I think over the last few years, we've sort of lost uh, we've lost um, uh, track of the facts in many many things in our society. But this is this is one that we uh, we will just furnish people with the actual facts of this um, of this vaccination. And I suppose finally, as we look into the future, you know, I you mentioned something before that there are things that we've learned uh, over the last eight months about ourselves. Uh, but also about the way we do business. Um, and some of those things I hope will carry on into the future. Um, but do you see us wearing um, wearing masks? Um, and I'm not just talking about Bamsey, but I'm talking about you mm -hmm. know, in our communities. Do you see this being the norm You know, for the next year or so? Is that something that we should think about getting used to as we walk around the supermarket and that kind of thing? I hope not. I, I hope we don't have to wear masks, that being the norm. But having said that, I think um, hand washing will always be there. People getting used to, you know, washing their hands. Like my, you know, my house is like every time someone goes out, outside, comes in, they go straight. I can see my kids, everyone, they go straight to the bathroom, they're washing their hands. I think that has 
that should have always been the norm, you know, and this has made it even easier. Regarding the mask, I would, I honestly don't hope that that would not have to continue because, you know, that's a little, sometimes can be exhausting. Um, but, you know, the more, you know, people get the, the more we get the herd immunity, that would, I don't think we would need that. Yeah. How long it's going to take to get there is something, you know, no one can tell right now. Depends on how people respond to getting the vaccine and how many people get it and how effective. Luckily, the vaccine is very effective based on the testing. Um, so I am hoping, my hope is that this will, you know, will do it. It will be short term, not nothing we can do for long term because it's, it's going to be difficult. I mean, to do this, we, we've done it for one year now, almost like you cannot get used to it. No, Even as a nurse, I cannot get used to it. Especially, so, if, you, especially <laughs> if you wear glasses, right? I know. <laughs> Actually, what, one thing I did as soon as the first two weeks, I was lucky. I went to my, I went and got contacts because it was just difficult to wear glasses and do the mask, even though, it, you know, we, we've been, I've been doing it for a while, but you still cannot get used to it. Even the kids, it's a little too much for the kids. And so um, as a community, I think, and, and people who care about other people, we have to do the best we can to bring us where we can go back to our normal lives. What that normal will be is something we don't know yet. But I do like that we can go to hand washing, focus on washing our hands. Whoever invents the uh, defogger uh, for the glasses and masks is going to make a fortune. Well, Christiana, appreciate your time. Appreciate your insight, your stories. This was a very informative uh, interview and uh, appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. And Peter, I want to thank you for, you know, even doing this podcast, getting it out there. People are listening. It's very helpful. And um, I think um, the team is very grateful for everyone that's been helped the nursing team get here. It hasn't been easy, but we're very thankful. And the work you've done is amazing, and we owe you such a debt of uh, gratitude, nurses, not just in Bamsey, but across the board, in working uh, the difficult frontline jobs uh, that have taken place. So we appreciate it, and so much gratitude uh, for what you've done. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. All right, you've been been listening to the Bamsey Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Ryan for Peter Evers. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.